Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. My name's Marcy. I'm one of the hosts of the show. I'm here with my husband, Bran. Today, we will talk about developmental coordination disorder. Children normally develop the ability to sit up, stand, walk, and talk at predictable ages. When they are late in achieving these milestones, it may be due to a developmental problem. Developmental coordination disorder or DCD, is one such condition. DCD is a lack of coordination between your mental intentions and your ability to get your body to carry out those intentions. For example, you might think, I need to tie my shoe. However, your brain does not properly send instructions for your shoe tying to your hands and feet. Your brain knows how to tie shoes but your hands just can't follow your brain instructions the same thing happens when you try to run jump right button a shirt and many other tasks that most people take for granted people with dcd generally have normal intelligence however dcd is sometimes called clumsy child syndrome and it may cause others to think that people with this condition are inept or unintelligent because they cannot perform basic tasks. This condition can be considered a childhood disorder, but the effects of DCD continue into adulthood. Symptoms of DCD may include an unsteady walk, difficulty going downstairs, dropping objects, running into others, frequent tripping, Difficulty tying shoes, putting on clothes, and other self-care activities. Difficulty performing school activities such as writing, coloring, and using scissors. DCD is treated with a long-term program of education, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and social skills training to help you adapt to the disorder. Physical education can help you develop coordination, balance, and better communication between your brain and your body. Individual sports such as swimming or bicycling may offer better opportunities to build motor skills than team sports, daily exercise, or essential if you have DCD in order to train your body and your brain to work together and to reduce your risk of obesity. Occupational therapy can help you master daily activities. Occupational therapists know lots of techniques for helping people perform difficult tasks. Your occupational therapist can also work with school officials to identify changes that will help you succeed in school, such as using a computer instead of handwriting assignments. This was taken from Healthline.com. And I know that... um, our son that has autism, he didn't start walking until he was about two. Um, and then even then he was unsteady and he still um, tripped over air, like we, we used to say. Um, he used to, I don't know, he just was unsteady a lot. I know when I was younger, I was unsteady on my feet, too, and I didn't start walking until late as well. Also, I would trip and fall constantly. I was, and uh, eventually, just 
in time and, and, and patience, I, I, I don't, I guess outgrew it or, or coped and learned how to deal with it. Cause I'm still a little clumsy, but I'm not as bad as what I used to be. Yeah. And they say that they say it can follow you into adulthood. Um, so I mean, either you outgrow it or it continues into your life. Um, and with that, let's move on to the interview. Hello, everybody. Today we have Kaija with us, and I'm going to turn the time over to her so she can uh, introduce herself. I am Kaija, and I'm 12 years old, and I live in Sweden. I have autism level one. Yeah, and I'm going to be talking a bit about my autism and myself. So, how old were you when you were diagnosed with autism? I was diagnosed in January 2016, so I was 10 years old. Oh, okay. And uh, what was it like before you were diagnosed? Before I was diagnosed, nothing in my life worked out. I lived in the UAE for three years, and when we moved back to Sweden in 2015, Everything was horrible. Adjusting to the Swedish society was very hard, and changes of environment is also tough for me, so it was pretty devastating. The school I went to was a normal school, and it was way too noisy, and I was misunderstood all the time. When I got a sensory overload, everyone thought I was crying and running away because of something they said. My parents were trying their very best to help me, but it was very hard for them. I ended up not going to school at all for a long time. Then I got to have a helper in school, but I only went two hours per day every two days. I was very sad this time in my life and thought I would never pass. What hobbies do you like to do? I love chatting online, especially on an app called Discord. I like to watch YouTube. Practicing gymnastics moves is very fun as well. What's your favorite subject in school? My favorite subject in school is math because there's so much to learn about it and I'm good at it as well. How do you like school? My school is good because it is a school only for autistic kids and we all have rooms where we can be and get our energy back on our breaks. We also have shorter lessons than a normal school. It is also good because we understand each other a lot better if someone gets a meltdown or such, and the teachers are more understanding. The classes are very small as well. There is only around two to seven people in every class. What isn't so good though is that the education isn't very interesting and they don't even try to make it more interesting. That is something I've talked to them about, and my classmates agree with them, but the teachers don't do anything about it. I'm hoping to change school this fall. Do you have uh, many friends? I don't have that many friends in real life. I only have three, but it doesn't bother me that much, though. But I have around 20 online friends, and they mean very much to me. What do you share in common with your friends? 
me and my two real life friends all have ASD. We all like gaming, and sadly, sadly, we all have trouble with eating different foods. My third friend does not have autism, but we are neighbors, and we both both like to play Minecraft. Because of your autism, are your senses enhanced compared to most people? Yeah, it feels like they're all very strong. My hearing and taste are the most sensitive, so I only eat a few different foods. I'm a very picky eater, and texture matters a lot. I don't like any vegetables or fruits, and I never have butter on my sandwiches. About my hearing, for example, when mom does the dishes and the metal slams against each other, it feels painful. It really hurts in my head. It is the same if a car or motorbike passes by my house when my window is open. Loud noises are a big problem for me. Oh, wow. Um, so what senses do you like most? Mm, well, even though my sensitive hearing can be very troublesome, I like that one the most because I can hear sounds that most people cannot. And I always hear if someone tells me something quietly as well, which results in me picking up on instructions well. Uh, do you think girls on the spectrum are not diagnosed as easily? I believe so, because girls are great at hiding how they feel, and putting on a mask is not very hard. Being socially accepted is a big part of a girl's life, and there are many stereotypes of how girls are supposed to be, and they try and be that. So then the problem they may have from their autism is hidden, and therefore not discovered. Uh, what would help doctors understand girls on with autism more? Doctors should try and consider if the girl with autism is hiding their problems. They should also try and see from the girl's perspective the situation and ask themselves, what would I do if I were her? And then it would be easier to understand what is hidden beneath the masking the girl is doing. Do you know uh, many other girls with autism? Online, yes, many. But in real life, I see girls with autism in school, but I only really know one. Do you know more boys or girls with autism? Boys. Around 90% are boys. I know four boys in real life with autism, and online many more. Well, I have autism, so you met another one. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Um, so, what is Autocraft? Uh, Autocraft is a Minecraft server for autistic kids and their families. On other Minecraft servers, there's usually a lot of bullying and unfair treatment. But on Autocraft, there's loads of kindness and helping each other. There are good rules, and it is very safe to play on. The staff do an excellent job at keeping all the kids and families safe. I have met, made extremely many great friends on there. How long have you been playing? I joined Autocraft 3rd of April, so one year ago. Do you spend most of your free time on Autocraft? Well, kind of. Autocraft has a Patreon page where you can pledge money every month to the owner of Autocraft, Stuart Duncan. I am a Patreon, so I get access to the Discord server only for Patreons. 
I spend most of my free time chatting on there, but I do not spend a lot of the time on the actual server anymore because of school and stuff like that. Do you have any advice for other girls on the spectrum your age? Be yourself no matter what others say, and always remember your autism does bring good too. The memory is better in autistics a lot of the time. Learn to embrace your autism and find what strengths you have. Do you have anything else you'd like to share before we close? No, I think that's all. Okay, well, thank you so much for being on the show. It was great to be here. Now for some announcements. Um, we have two winners from the Chewy giveaway that we did this past week. They are both from Instagram. The first one is I am as you on Instagram. And the second one is Autism Explorer on Instagram. So congratulations on winning the Chewies. We will send those out as soon as we get addresses. Um, and then next week's interview will be Andreas Suva Leotis. I might, might have said his name wrong, but I'm not sure how to say it until we talk to him. So anyway, um, that's it for this episode. Until next time. <laughs>